AB's out of town. We got a very unusual show lined up for you today. Going to cover a lot of different topics. We'll get to some earnings misses, some earnings beats. Things aren't looking good for child place. Todd Gordon, 835, is going to give us the Elliott Wave analysis to get the S&P 500 index to 10,000 by the end of the month. It's Friday. It's pre-market prep. Dennis and I are fired up. Let's go, Aaron Thomas. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. All right, good morning, traders and investors. After a quiet day yesterday, we're starting out in the green in uncharted territories, up seven and a half handles at 5025.25. The buck is up a couple pennies, over 104. Bonds unchanged here, just under 120. Crude down 23 cents, 75.99. Gold in the red by 630. Silver going the opposite direction. That's up a penny, 22.65. And Bitcoin. Getting back to the uh, ETF high, it's up 1850, 47,600. Let's bring in Triple D. Triple D, you had uh, you had quite an interesting uh, evening. I was going to tell you, you know, get your pillow out for that after hour session, but uh, you found something else to focus on. There huh? was all kinds of stuff last night moving around, like big moves in the markets. We'll get to those in a second, but. I had to sit down and watch that Tucker Carlson interview of Putin, you know, and uh, media is not covering it. Obviously, Tucker Carlson went over there on his own. Major media is really pissed off about it. So they're boycotting it, not covering it all. We're Benzinga. We cover everything, man. And you know what? A hundred million people have watched that interview. So we'll talk it. I'll talk it. And you know what? It was very interesting. I was, you know, like it was very interesting. My big takeaway was, you know, I've been like, you know, and there's been analysts saying, oh, there's a 10% chance we're going to have a nuclear war here. My big takeaway was that there's no nuclear war happening. And that makes me feel a lot better. Why? Because he asked him, you know, Tucker Carlson asked Putin talking and, and asked him specifically about nuclear, you know, asking, you know, if, you know, you go and invade other countries, are you intending to do that? He said no. And then Putin went into the nuclear stuff and he said, that's basically just, you know, media talking. He basically, you could see in his body language, his body language was asked that question, was like, do you think I'm an idiot? He's like, and he even specifically said, I don't want to end humanity. Like he said specifically about humanity. So it makes me feel better, actually, that, you know, he's not, like, I, I, you know, if you're not, you know, the media wants to portray him as some crazy guy with a bunch of nukes. That is not what the interview showed whatsoever. He's very smart, Putin very smart, very logical with his moves, and he doesn't want to end humanity. So I think nuclear threat after watching that interview is almost completely off the table. And that makes me feel a hell of a lot better. So that was my big takeaway from it. You know, he did off the bat, he did a 30-minute history lesson on borders, you know, and kind of why, you know, Ukraine, 
you know, was always part, and, you know, maybe it should be back. But, you know, it's basically, to, to, after you get through it all, it's a war against the U.S. He sees new Ukraine as a satellite country for the U.S. NATO is what he was saying is in there. And how much of this is true, we don't know, but that's what he believes. So you could clearly see this is a war against the U.S. And he basically insinuated that as well. So, I mean, you take all that away. The nice thing that I took away from it was that I don't think there's nuclear war imminent. What's everybody else say? Well, I'm just, I, you know, we, we could get, I'm sure we're going to get some feedback uh, from the chat um, yeah. on this. You I, haven't I, watched it yet, Joel. I did not see it. Be, uh, I did not see it. I was up actually in Ann Arbor for a preview of the stock pitch competition, which I'll be covering today. And you guys will hear about that more next week. But uh, just to take a contrarian side of you, Dennis, is he sure. going to say something different? On national television? On all, no, all he's not going to say, kind of and this difference? is what Chad's saying, he's not going to say I'm using nukes here. But I just feel like, I, I like I've kind of had this vision that he's, you know, maybe just going to go crazy at one point in time and let off a bunch of nukes. From watching two hours of just him talking, and again, it could have been all lies. Maybe it's uh -huh. all lies. We got to take it. You know, White House even warned us, don't believe anything you, you know, see in this interview. But I just didn't feel I'm, you know, I read people, you know, I'm pretty good people reader. I'm pretty good market reader. I just don't feel like he's this crazy guy that's going to set off a bunch of nukes. So I think I've dismissed that. You know, could he get back into a corner and let off nukes? It could still happen. I'm not saying, you know, it's a 0% probability. But that analyst that came out last year and said there's a 10% probability that, you know, we're going to all end in a nuclear war, you know, sometime in the imminent future, that's off the table. I don't think that. I don't think that we're going to get into this full nuclear war. And it doesn't that's... sound like he wants to do that. So that made me feel better. At least I feel a little bit better. I don't feel like there's an imminent you know, nuke coming in the sky at me. Well, wasn't that the same guy that said, um, just buy stocks? Because if there is a nuclear war... The funny report, and it was like a year, and a, a year ago, or a year and a half ago in the start, he's like, well, there's a 10% chance we could end a nuclear war, but buy stocks anyways, because it doesn't matter. If we all die. It's all worthless anyway, so you might as well just stay bullish. And I mean, that's a certain extent. I mean, you can always say, oh, the asteroid's going to come and end humanity. I'm going to short stock. Well, that's all meaningless at the end of it all, so you might as well just stay bullish. So, but, so you're taking the nuclear war off the table. That's bullish. Are you taking the Chinese invasion, China invasion of Taiwan off the table too. He didn't get into it too much. He got into that he's got good relations with China. He, they did go there. He didn't get it right into, you know, like about more invasions. And 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 Putin said himself, like again, we don't know what to believe and what he, you know, not to believe. But he said he's you no, know, he's not intending to go invade, you know, any other countries like Poland over there. Because people say, well, he takes Ukraine, he's going to Poland, he's going. Didn't sound like that's what he's doing. But again, you know, uh, to the chat's point, you can't believe, you know, maybe any of it. The only, my big takeaway, again, I'm just going to say is I don't think he's letting off a bunch of nukes. Bullish. So that makes me feel a hell of a lot better Bullish. about life. Yeah. You know, it's funny because the market was so quiet yesterday. And I'm thinking, wow, like we had one of the tightest range days, I think, I don't know, maybe in two years. I didn't I didn't get a chance to uh, check the statistics. And I was thinking, what, you know, what's the catalyst out there? There's no jobs number. I, you know, I know there's... Uh, uh, a revision of the uh, CPI coming out. I maybe it, uh, I think that's coming out at eight thirty. So I'm thinking, wow, the market's waiting on so there's something, and I didn't I did do my homework enough. But uh, we can uh, we can 
we can move on from that. Yeah, uh, it, it yep. was just interesting, and I think we should cover it because you know nobody's covering the major media. So I, again, that's my big takeaway. Not saying anything. People are saying, "Oh, you can't believe anything." Season. I realize this. I just you know reading it, you know, it's just from at face value. There was a two-hour interview. There was you know one minute of talking about the nuke. So I'm just taking that one point. All the other stuff, gibberish, 30-minute history lesson off the bat on borders, why he's basically entitled to Ukraine, you know, all that stuff. I'm not worrying about any of that. I was worried about a nuke coming and destroying everybody in the world. So you're telling me that I I can tell my guy to stop construction on the bomb shelter. Yeah, you don't need the bomb shelter, I I don't don't think. Again, maybe he's lying and maybe he's going to blow the whole world up and end humanity, but it didn't sound like he wanted to do that. So (laughs) Okay. All right. That's it. All right, Dennis. Uh, Dennis ran on politics. I didn't see it, so uh, interesting. I'm sure we'll get some good feedback on that. So, are you, Dennis? You talk about you know companies reporting high bar, low bar, low bar. I guess Snap did not set the bar low enough here for pins. Chained down three and a half bucks. Uh, they beat on EPS by a couple pennies. Uh, they missed by a couple million on the uh, on the revenue. MAUs were up. A mixed bag here. I mean, how they took this under $30, I don't know. Why don't you talk about the price action and potential price action here in pins traded down? Wow. So this got absolutely hammered. And again, certain companies, you know, get bought on dips. Snap's not one of those. It's always been like the laggard of the group. You know, there's lots of things, lots of industries where there's like a big three. You know, like the automotive industry for so long was the big three, you know, like there's, you know, five, six major banks, you know, there's three couple, you know, Conoco, Exxon, Chevron, three real majors, you know, there's, you know, so the big three in social media have probably been, again, of traded companies. So we know TikTok's huge, but of traded companies that are over here have always been like Meta, Pinterest and Snap. But Snap's always been um, the one that the market just doesn't really care for that much. So it's not surprising that that one just doesn't bounce back quickly. Pins, interesting enough, has always been one that the market has loved, whether it's because it's had activism uh, in there, which has probably helped it. Elliot, right? Elliot, I keep forgetting. There's always Elliot in there. I mean, that's probably helped it. Even in the tech sell-off of 2022, you know, it got hammered, but it should have never been up at 80, but it didn't go down to like the penny stocks. It held up all through the back part, 22, 23, built a base. It's kind of been loved. And then, you know, we've had this significant run up over the course of the last, uh, say, six, three, three months from 30 to 40. Well, in a blink of an eye, Joel, last night, they gave back all those gains all the way down. Where? How low did this get? Dennis, this got under $30 at wow. 29.40. So buy the dippers immediately rewarded because they come out with commentary that they had a partnership um, with Google. And I'll go to the pro here and just see if I can wow. find that. That's what popped the stock. So it was in, I don't know if it was in the call, but it was like a, a few minutes after the stock had already tanked and they talked about this potential partnership. I don't have it in, with me. So, um, but a partnership or something with Google. And then the stock pops all the way back, Joel. They're like, oh my gosh, this is the best thing ever. And they pop this stock to green. The stock went up to 41. Oh, oh, they got it back to green? They got it back to green on that bar. So it went all the way down to under 30. And then they popped it all the way back because my my jaw dropped. I couldn't believe it because I just looked at pins. Here it is. Trading, look at it there. Look at it. Joel blew it up. They brought it all the way back to green on that Google information. So maybe that was in the conference call. 
they just mention that and bang blast off and then uh, that's the algos you know dumb algos we keep saying you know like they're not as smart as you think they are ripping that thing higher and then you know people are well, it's still a pretty bad quarter and then you know you know, they came back down and the stock's obviously trading down 8% here right now. Maybe where it wants to be because it's play, traded there for the majority it's of the regular, rest of the after-hour session, yep. the entire pre-market session. So it's kind of found its home. So so overall, huge overshoot to the downside, which was probably just way overdone. It wasn't as bad as Snap. And then the Google News, way overdone on the upside. If you got out of that, congratulations. Back here at 37. I'm not even going to try to make a call here because it was too oh, violent. Man, Sometimes oh, you man, just sit oh, one out making a call i'm going to sit this one out wow that pop you got to uh took out the high of the move the high of the yeah the high of the move was 4160 that went to 4197 on that so that exceeded the close it exceeded the high of the move that's the five minute chart i'm just going to zero in here i'm going to go with back to the 30 minute and uh boy oh boy I, whoever scooped this stock up here on the dip they were just throwing oh bid at 34 oh man i got done at 33 bid at 33 oh man i got done at 32 they're letting go of this stock right now there's a seller perched at 37.45 so if you're looking for you know more follow through on the upside needs to get to 37.45 where to buy this on a dip? I'm comfortable saying the pre-market low is already in. I think you won't see that low. You won't see that low. for a long, long time. Yep. It just goes uh, to show you, you can't panic sometimes, too. I mean, when you take stocks through reports, there's times to panic and there's times not to panic. And, you know, if we just go to the earnings themselves, like they weren't that bad. They beat 53 cents versus 51 yeah. cents. The sales were light. 981 versus 989, and the guidance was slightly light. Like estimates are at 702. They're looking 690 to 705. So you could say it's a little bit of the down. This wasn't like a sell it off 25% quarter. It wasn't that bad. That's algos just completely overshooting, getting snap in their head. Pins is not snap. Okay, uh, let's move on to a good report in a sector that's just been absolutely on fire here, the security sector. Cloudflare, our symbol is NET. They posted a beat here on Wall Street of three pennies, 15 versus 12. Beat on revenues by about 10 million. Uh, let's see if they had uh, uh, better better than expected. Um, really, I don't see much as far as uh, guidance here, though, but just... Um, in favor, right? Uh, a sector that's in favor and a good report. Yeah, and again, cybersecurity, there's maybe nothing that has been hotter and sustained hotness. I mean, we could talk the AI trade, but cybersecurity has really been hot you know, for a long time. Like even look at Palo Alto Networks. Just look at that stock over the course of the last five years. You've had some dips, but even think about the major sell-off we had at the beginning of 2022 down to 2023. It sold off but not violently like a lot of other stocks did. CrowdStrike, it sold off, but not like quite as violent. I guess it went from 300 to 100, so I guess it was pretty violent. But <laughs> it was a pretty, a 2022 was ugly for stocks. But I mean, there's been nothing hotter here for the last year. Cybersecurity stocks, just, you know, AI may be hotter in the last couple of months. But over the course of the last year, cybersecurity has just been hot. 
so many companies just coming back from your Z scalers to your CrowdStrikes to your Palo Alto networks to your CYBR, even Sentinel One, which is the old FireEye, which has just been the dog of all dogs in cybersecurity. Mm -hmm. Even that stock has doubled in the last few months here. T3 bringing us that a couple of months ago. It was Derek that brought us that stock. So good call, Derek. I'll give you some shout out here and some T3 love. But getting back to the one that just reported Cloudflare, um, this is an incredible move. I mean, it's up 23%. What you're seeing, you know, in stocks that are loved, and again, maybe it's a case the strong gets stronger. We've been talking about this earnings report where they run up into it and then they go higher. You know, typically that doesn't happen. Usually the run up in the bar is too high. They go lower, but meta reset the bar. We've talked about that. And you've got a good report. Sometimes you can continue to go higher if it's, if it's good. And the net report, I don't know if you have the numbers in front of you here, Joel, because I'll throw it back to you. Usually it's AB that gives us this. But um, the net report is good. I gave them to you. I told, uh, or, or did I, oh, yeah, you 15 it. versus 12 uh, being the on the, uh, yeah. Um, I, I was looking for guidance there when you were talking, and I did not see any guidance. I see Needham uh, raising their price target well, on it. Guidance, yeah. slightly higher. But again, okay. this is just, these, they just want this sector. They want these stocks. We know cybersecurity threats are only going to increase in the future here. So it's a growing industry that just doesn't show any signs of slowing What's down. What's the ETF? What's the ETF? Well, there's two of them, actually. I am long one of them right now. Um, there's CIBR, which I am long. I bought I bought last night on the report. So this is a day trade. I will get out of this, but I'll wait till it opens to get the real liquidity there. But I picked I was able to pick it up just slightly higher than the close. Not, I wasn't able to get a lot of stock. I would bought everything that was there, but there wasn't that much there. Um, and then Hack is the cool ETF with the cool ticker symbol that everybody talks about, H-A-C-K. So both those stocks are probably going to be significantly higher. There's some smaller ones there too, but CIBR and H-A-C-K are two of the more liquid ones. All right. I, I am just not going to – I'm going to give you the pre-market high, and that's about it. Now, 117.70, you hit that on two brackets. So it backed off $6, so it's a half a decent uh, level. But, man, oh, man, if you look at something like ARM yesterday and you were leaning on the pre-market high, or you got absolutely rolled over. So uh, 117.70, that's uh, six bucks away for NET, uh, what on the you daily? Got, you got to be careful shorting stocks. You know, it's a great point you're making here. You got to be careful shorting stocks, making new all-time highs. You well, there's not a new all-time high. Not a new all-time high for net. Well, okay. So I'll year and a half highs. You don't want to be short stocks exactly. making new 52-week highs. So I'll correct myself. You don't okay. want to be short stocks making new 52-week highs. So all-time highs, new 52-week highs. I never like shorting stocks making new 52-week highs. All right, let's go. And that's contrary uh, to what people do. Like natural human intuition is to sell what is strong and buy what is weak. And that is why so many people lose money in this market. I'm talking very slowly. So you clearly hear that is that is the main thing that everybody does wrong. They try to call the bottom in Baba and try to call the top in NVIDIA. And that is exactly what you don't want to do in a momentum-driven market, and we are clearly in a momentum-driven market right now. All right, let's go to a report. It doesn't look too bad, but the street is not treating it so well. Uh, Affirm Holdings had uh, Q2 sales that uh, beat estimates, and they beat on the EPS uh, 591 versus 520. Uh, they lost, were expected to lose uh, 72 cents. They only lost uh, 54 cents. Uh, they gave some decent guidance for Q3. Triple D, what what did they like about this report? 
Well, it's bounced back from the lows. Again, the algo action oh, is just boy. so dumb. The algos, I'm going to keep saying it because everybody in media wants you to believe the algos are smarter than us. The institutional traders are all smarter than us. Retail is dumb. I'll tell you, there's a lot of smart retail traders, folks. I trade retail now as well, and I feel like I'm a pretty smart trader as well. So, I mean, this is a firm. This is all driven by news algos. I don't know what they were doing. They bought this thing up to what? 54 bucks, Joel, on the initial number. Then they tank it down to 38. What's 55. going on? 55. They bought this thing to 55. I can't buy 55. I think that was the song. <laughs> I can't drive 55. <laughs> I know I can't drive 55. Um, Sammy Hager? Is that who it was? I think so. I think so. I think it was Sammy Hager. And then under, where did, where did it get down to? Oh, you're not going to believe this. 37 bucks. <laughs> the opening candle after the earnings was 55 down to 37. Algo's just completely stupid. All over the place. This is not human beings that fast. Like, bang, bang, bang. It's algos reading, misreading, then trying to limit their risk. Probably one algo buying at the top and selling at the bottom. A lot of dumb algos out there, folks. We've been talking about these news algos for years. There's money to be made just trading against them. Sometimes they're right. I mean, they're still in business, so they must be making money, some of them overall. But I tell you, lots of dumb ones. Holy that is just pissing money away when you're buying it up that high and then pissing money away when you're selling it down that low. And you know what? It comes back and it's just kind of meandering here now down four. Wow. You wouldn't think this thing has like, and what is that range? My 18 point range is down four bucks. Ooh. Wow. How Crazy. about the, how about the strata? I don't know what the strata was, but is, but hoo -hoo. I'm sure that exceeded it. Um, and people are asking where AB, um, AB is, uh, he's in the big easy. Uh, he has a buddy uh, that bought a house in New Orleans. He promised me that he'd be taking it's Mardi Gras. Yeah, he's um, going out for Mardi yeah, Gras. He's so young, Joel. Me and you couldn't yeah. handle Mardi Gras. We're too old for it now. But A.B., those young, he'll be out there just having a blast. So enjoy, A.B. He'll be back with us next week. He's no, but he said he, he was going to take it easy. He, that's what he told me. That's what he told me. So anyway, he's taking it easy in the big easy. Yeah. So that's what we hear. Well, um, and in a, I'll give you a level here. Uh, 45 sure. bucks was yesterday's low. So with all the up and the down, if the bulls want to, you know, get this thing back to green, I will say street leaning the wrong way into this report, right? You're at 38 bucks uh, just uh, on February 2nd. You hit nearly 50 yesterday. So if you didn't sell in the strength into the report, kind of scratching your head here. So unless you get a sustained $45 bid here off the open, uh, on the downside here, you could just look at your daily lows. Uh, your next daily low comes in at 42.81, but it looks like you've already uh, had a majority of the price action here. Uh, for a firm, what uh, what else is our uh, buy now, pay uh, never stocks? Do we have those? Well, Upstart sometimes moves with it. Upstart is moving down slightly here. Square sometimes moves with it, but we already had PayPal. So, I mean, oh, PayPal, PayPal moves more with Square and PayPal. No love for PayPal whatsoever. There's certain stocks where dips just do not get bought. And I tweeted out this yesterday. I want to ask Joel Connor here. So I tweet out, I think the two most hated stocks out of the big names, we're not talking like little penny Baba. stocks here. Uh, I, yeah, and, and the other one I said is on your screen yeah. right now. So those are the two most hated. So is that what you would go with too? Yeah, yep. Those are so hated. And why? Because you know what? The valuation is fairly cheap. They're actually reasonably priced, but these two stocks just do not catch a bit. I mean, PayPal, 
it's got to be getting close to all-time lows. It IPO'd, I think, at $38, if I remember correctly, when at eBay. So if I if you go all the way back to as long as you possibly can, I remember this because I was long eBay and I got PayPal. And then I ended up selling my PayPal, I think, up at like $70 or something because I thought it had gone far enough. And what a terrible sale that was because it went to $300. <laughs> but, you know, valuation has come all the way back. I could rebuy my PayPal at a lot cheaper valuation here now, but everybody eating their lunch competition just everywhere in this industry and don't count Apple out. Wow. Uh, and then also, I just want the divergence here. If you're a square PayPal trader, I mean, they've, they've kind of gone their separate ways here. So if you've been trading that spread for a long time, uh, things are uh, things are not good. Uh, let's Both just those stocks have struggled massively here, though. And I mean, Square, is it a turnaround story? I'd rather own Square than PayPal. The chart oh, looks yeah. more productive. So I think Square wins here eventually. But we used to do this. Remember, they were always trading the same price. And the gap's closed. There was this pairs trading, just closing the gap. One gets down, you short the one and buy the other. And they closed a few times. I feel like Square is starting to separate itself from PayPal a bit, though. All right. Let's stick with the disasters here. Expedia traded down almost $26 here. Wow. Uh, well, I guess the beat here wasn't good enough. 172 versus 168. Slight beat on the sales front. 2.89 versus 2.88. Gross bookings up 6% year over year. Looks fine. What? What's going on? What am I missing here? Well, you know what you're missing mostly is there's no technology, no AI story here. Again, this market is so hungry for tech stocks. Those are the ones getting bought on the dips. Not PayPal doesn't count because they don't like PayPal. And how's AI fit into PayPal? It really doesn't. They were talking about how they were fitting it in. It didn't make any sense at all. That's why the market didn't buy it. But Expedia here down 25 points. Great company. Again, it's not a tech stock though. So does a dip get bought? Yeah, I think the dip probably gets bought. But maybe more reluctantly than if this was, you know, some hot tech stock that we're so hot for right now. So like, remember the AMD dip? how quickly that got scooped up. Um, I just can't, I don't know. I can't bring myself to be a hero and buy this on day one, even though part of me thinks, wow, this is an overshoot. Yeah, pre-market low, or I believe that was an after-hours report. Uh, you got down to 132.78, and you're not really distancing yourself from that level. So that's a little bit concerning. Uh, if you go to the dailies, man, you have to go all the way. I mean, maybe a nice round number like 130. Uh, I see another daily low at one. I see a daily low at 132.07. You haven't seen that. I just call 130. You know what? It, uh, potential support uh 130 but right now someone is puking this out and it's on the offer i saw bkng uh they're down almost 277 points <laughs> again these stocks were at all-time highs so i guess expectations really high they're also not tech stocks so and and again you know, is this the market saying, well, it's been really good for the travel industry, but are we going to see a slowdown in 2024? Maybe. Wow, though. You don't often see stocks at all-time highs just get hammered that hard, but they just did. Yeah, I mean, 3,000 shares have traded, so it's kind of hard on that one. Uh, let's do take two real quick. Uh, that's trading down. Uh, made the high of the move yesterday. Let me get uh, take two earnings here. And uh, let's see, what do we got here? Um, boom, boom, boom. Uh, 
lower 24 forecast uh, for Grand Theft Auto. I think that's the main that's thing. That's what hammered that, uh, it. Yeah, that's what, that's what hammered it. Uh, red day yesterday. Man, this is just tough. Uh, on the dailies, I don't know. Just There is a low just under 155. And another low at 152.30. So I had this really... in the long term portfolio for a long time. Um, I wrote it during COVID and I traded this grid. I bought it at 101 back during COVID. Um, again, it was one of those COVID stocks that it took a while for the market to figure it out, but these stay at home plays really went. It went from 100 to 200. And I did really well on this. I didn't take the whole move, but I feel like I made like 50 or 60, maybe even 70 points on this nice. from the 101 area. I think I might have sold like 160 or something. I always sell too soon. Um, so then it came all the way back in 2023. And I was like looking at it. I was like, should I rebuy that, you know, at 100 bucks? And I'm like, ah, I don't know. Well, obviously I should have. I could have made another 50 or 60 points. So I guess when you got your level and 100 was just huge on this, you got to continue to do it. I don't think I'm going to get another chance down at $100 on take two, at least not anytime soon. Would I buy a pullback on this? Maybe it's a good company, but I'm not going to be a hero on buying on day one. Hey, Dennis, I just want to give you a comment here from Steve because you get a you get a lot of heat on Twitter. And uh, Steve just said, you shared your thoughts on cybersecurity with me, which led me to buy. Thank you. You have outstanding instincts, and I learned a lot. Making dollars in the market because of it, uh, but you do need to comb your hair. No, that was. <laughs> I he, no, I didn't say it at the end. That's funny, though. Thank you, Steve. It's nice to hear a nice. Uh, the chat is awesome. Our chat's really good. Like I said, 90% of the people are fantastic in there. And then we got a few trollers in there that like to try to get under our skin a bit. But that makes it fun, too. So we love you all in the chat, even though, you know, maybe only 90% like us, the other 10%. We like the other 10% too. We like 100% of people. I learned so much from people in my chat. So I'm going to continue to say, like, the main reason I do this show is just to learn from you guys, guys and girls, because there's so many smart traders in there. They bring us ideas. If I got a question, there's always somebody that's got the answer. This is a fantastic little community of traders. Um, you know, we, obviously, you know, we get a couple thousand, you know, we have 1,300 people in there right now. Uh, but you know, we've got, you know, some really good followers in there and some really, really smart people. So right, thank Dennis, you very so, much. So what if I, if I called you up and I said, uh, Dennis, um, I'm a little tight on money now. Uh, could you, could you loan me some money or I need to borrow some money and I'm, and there's a Joel stock. What, what would you do with that stock? <laughs> I don't know where you're going with this. Oh, oh children's. Oh, I know where you're going with this. Yeah, I really am in trouble, you know, and I need to borrow money because I can't make my bills or I need to raise cash here because I got some trouble ahead. Yeah, I'd probably not be a fan of buying that Jewel stock. And I guess where you're going because I can look at what you put on the screen here. And this is Children's Place. And Bloomberg wrote, a, wrote an article last night about this, and they're talking about Children's Place needing to raise cash. You never want to raise cash. They did come out with some preliminary numbers here this morning Watch as well. your offers. Watch your offers. Oh, gosh. I was on mute there for a second. So I forgot. There's CPI what, what, what uh, revisions. Uh, what I'm what guessing it? here is that the CPI revision is good. Um, I don't have enough screens here to pull everything up. With yeah, we'll talk Sean's place in a second. Thank you. Who said it would go wide? I actually somehow didn't get picked off, but I'm lucky. Okay, what are we seeing here? It must be so good. stop for a second. Uh, we're going to get the numbers here. They're just breaking. We'll try to grab them, actually. But this is what we need AB for. Me and Joel, this is where we get thrown under the bus. We don't know where to look. 
How do we I get mean, economic numbers? <laughs> I'm trying to look at everything here. No, I know. We and Joel don't know how because AB does this job. Where is AB? Because everyone knows about well, it's true. revisions revised to plus 0.2% from plus 0.3%. So they actually got revised down a 0.1%, meaning inflation was a little bit better than we thought. So that is why the market just had this little pop. This is good for IWM. Going to be better for IWM than S&P. Remember, the IWM needs rates. They need lower rates. TLT getting a little pop on it as well here. So we did find those numbers for you on the CPI revisions. Again, remember, your CPI stocks that move on that are the IWM, the smaller cap stocks, because they need lower rates. Inflation coming down means the Fed might be able to. We are ripping here. We are absolutely ripping the bear's face off here. Up 19 pounds. But what is it? This this is not bad news because the Fed's not going to cut it all in 2024. I mean, come on. What's going on? The Fed's going to be steady here. I mean, this is all the good news is good news. Bad news is good news. I mean, we are absolutely ripping here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Look at that. 50, 38, 50. Uh, the market wanted some. We are in the 50 40 handle now, Dennis. Watch out here. Let's see our 50 50. 5,000 and beyond. Yeah, that's what the name of the show was. Uh, that's what we named the show. Wow, they are just that slipping 0.1%. The market likes that. It's going to, it's going up a lot more than 0.1% on that 0.1% revision. Impressive. Most impressive. Look at that. SPs. How often do you see that on the one minute chart here? But we, we will, uh, we will calm things down here just to tag. I'm lucky yeah. I didn't get picked off there. We got you know so what? That's why I we was need on AD. mute. When, when I first told you to go wide, I looked and I was on mute. And I'm like, oh, oh no, Dennis is going to is gonna blame me uh, for losing okay. money. But I, I survived. Go. I somehow survived. All right. Let's go back to Children's Place here. And then we're going to bring on our guest, the esteemed Todd Gordon from uh, Inside Edge Capital, who's been uh, a bull in this market. I mean, what do you do? Children's Place here. You know who was an ultra bear? And and let's see. I think only Jay in the chat's going to get this. But there's a person that we used to have on the show. And they used to they hated this stock. They absolutely hated it. And they shorted it all the time. Now, I'll give you a hint. I don't remember. Female. And somebody hated Children's Place. It's a female. And they were shorting it all the time. So that means they were an actual, like they were a trader. Yeah. the stock. Now, let's see here. We haven't had her for a long time, eh? It was the options girl. Yep. Yep. And she hasn't been on the show in like over a year. Bring her back on. Yep. I'm, I'm, I'm trying it's to remember. It's been more than a year. Uh, come on, guys. Come on. I, I can picture her too. Jay, Jay is uh he's rifling through his notes from uh 2018. <laughs> it's uh, the options girl. Um Chiger or who was it? Uh, uh Louis what, Louis Stone is close. No, it's not Danielle Shea, but no, you, it wasn't. No, nope. Well, who was nope. it? I'll give you her, her initials RS. No, get no, it's getting too long. It's going Ra- on too Rachel long. Shasha. Rachel Shasha. Yeah, that's it. Sasha. That was it. Yep. I knew yep. it. Yep. The that options was... girl. She's in the options and she was all over this. Good call. This thing's down 51% here right now. This is a hammering, folks. This stock, $19.75 closes $9.55. 
they're worried about this thing here. And they did do so. We, what we said was Bloomberg, you know, said they're raising cash last night. Well, then they came up with preliminary numbers this morning. Um, they're not great. They're not like disastrous, but I think you do the combo of raising cash and then your know, quarterly sales not guidance good. being light, lower than the previous guidance here. And they're like, no, we're having none of this here. This is not good. This is a dip I am not buying. <laughs> okay. This is not uh, an AI story. No, I like, no you know, AI. like I've been in those stores when I had the young kids. They're pretty nice stores, but retail, no, thank you. All right, 835, it's time, 836, it's time to bring on our guest. Todd Gordon, Inside Edge Capital. Todd, are you in a new environment? Uh, yeah, I moved the office. That's an awesome office, I tell you. That's <laughs> that's a nice office there, Todd. I want to come and trade stocks with you. We'll throw some darts after. That's how he picks his stocks. They could be like the Wayne's world of, of trading and investing. I'm in the basement, so it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> that's your basement? That's yeah. nice, man. That's a nice basement. I'm yeah. impressed. This is what, Todd, I'm impressed. I like Joel. this basement. I mean, I you're invited. we're not that far apart, but Joel, come on, man. We have the hour when the market's closed. He looks like he's in a bar. That's nice. It is, like a, a, it yeah. is beautiful. <laughs> it's a, it's a write-off. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> That's beautiful. I love it, Todd. Thanks, man. Todd, Thanks. this market relentlessly to the upside. You've been bullish for a while correctly here, Todd. Um, let's just start with, you know, we're, we're 5,000. S&P 5,000. Can we go it's to six? Deal. It's Can a big deal. And bid. And bid. And bid. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't, I mean, where do you want me to start? It's, it's, it's an unbelievable move. You know, I think we have clarity on sort of the macro front. I think, yeah. you know, the last two years have been very, you know, Fed and, 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 you know, rate policy driven. I think the focus is a little bit more on consumer. And, you know, I think, you know, this tech, this tech innovation we're in is real. I hate to be a rah-rah table pounding bull because I'm not like you guys. I'm a trader just like you guys running money. Like I can close everything in an hour and be short, but I don't think that's the play here. No, it doesn't feel like the play. And people have been trying to call the tops and all these AI stocks relentlessly here. NVIDIA, I heard it back when it was 500. Well, that's it. It's going back to 100. Then it was 600. Then it's going back to 500. Now it's 700, but it's going back to 600. I sense a pattern forming here. And I am long NVIDIA. And I'm like, usually I'm not participating in all these, you know, by people. But I, I've said before, the valuations is not insane here. So NVIDIA, yeah. SMCI has just been rocket ship mode. AI stocks are just gone. Fire. I mean, Arm has a an Arm isn't even really an AI company, but it's got a piece of AI, and then yeah. they just grab it and run with it. This AI is this a bubble or is this real? I mean, I I, I don't. I mean, okay. So so let me ask you this: um, When did the uptrend start? When, for, according to you and Joel, like when did we officially go into bull market in this AI? In, in let's or call overall. it the Nasdaq. Like when did when did we? Oh, the Nasdaq start? was twenty twenty three, early twenty twenty three. The okay. whole you're, you're you're 14 months into the bull market. I would say okay. 2023 it was the calendar turn in 2023. Now the IWM and the other stocks really just started picking up in October of right. 2023. Right. I mean, so you have the tail of two markets, and they really haven't even picked up that much. I mean, it's been the tail of two markets. And tech, which has just been killing it, and then everything else has just kind of been yeah, just kind of like not that great. So okay, so I mean, 
like I, I would I would take the other side and say it, it's it's hard to say a bull market started 14 months ago when like I was on Twitter like vehemently defending being bullish. It's hard to say when so many were convinced we're going into recession and sell all stocks that in fact the bull market was starting. I mean, maybe look at it. And this is a stupid argument because nobody knows the answer. It's very subjective, but sure. maybe it's when we just broke out. So maybe this thing is two, three weeks old. Um, you know, so, wow. you know, if you look at, you know, how do I share screen? I mean, can I, do you guys mind? Yeah, if I yeah you can. Show it down, I, present. Okay. Yep. Bottom of your screen, present. Okay. in the middle, grab that, and then gotcha. pick what you want to gotcha. present. Share screen, uh, share screen, uh, window. Yes. Yeah, so. Entire our, screen. Entire gotcha. screen. Yep. Yep. Share one. Okay. I mean, I, I just like to go. be just simple, you know, with the NASDAQ, right? I, I don't want to get super crazy, but you know, I mean, just look at the, look at the advances that we've seen post tech crash. Here's the GFC, you know, here's yeah, recovering the GFC. And I mean, you don't need to overcomplicate it. Like the first move off of the 2002 low up into the housing was 182%. The next one was 1500%. Right now, what are we up? Probably six, 60% right now, maybe from yeah. From the lows, which again, many were telling us that we're going into recession or depression, and you know we're only up sixty eight percent from from there. Um, you know, so I think there's a lot of good things going. I mean, I think you know the, the the valuations that you know everyone's struggling with traditional valuations are being challenged with, you know, with the fact that we have you know four decade high inflation, rates are higher, you know, real cost of capital is a little higher, real rates are higher. Um, we have incredible efficiency happening. These companies and the, and the technologies they're putting out are going to be widespread applicable across so many different industries. Um, I, I think it's really premature to say this thing is is uh, is long in the tooth and and even say bubble, Dennis. That's just my humble opinion. And, and again, people want to keep comparing. I see it on Twitter all the time. This is just like the 1999, 2000 tech bubble. But the big difference was I can remember Microsoft. It was trading 80 five times earnings, Todd. What, We're and, at and 32 you said, times it, you said times. it earlier, and I'm sorry to interrupt. I almost interrupted you last time. I'm interrupting That's you now. Okay. What's for What's Ford valuation on NVIDIA right now? 35 times. 35. And what's Eli Lilly forward? Oh, Actually, crazy. Lilly will be a, It's like more, 50 yeah. or 60 maybe? Yeah, it'll be 60 probably. I, I haven't looked at it for a while. But again, and those projections are hard to do on Lilly because we just don't know how right. many people are going to actually go out and buy this drug. So Lily's a little harder to project. So maybe right. it's going to be way more. Maybe that's what the market's saying. It's going to be way more. Ford P, Benzinger Pro's got it 58 right now on Lily. Ooh, 58 so I mean, times Okay. And, it's not okay. cheap, but again, that's a hard one to project. NVIDIA is a little bit easier. But again, projections and people will argue with me, Todd, Bro, forward projections, you can't look at those. You have to look at trailing because right. forward projections, you know, those are just, you know, the companies are guessing. Well, companies right. usually pretty much know their but, business pretty well. They hit. The, that, they often hit the forward projections. That's what the market's trading on here, Dennis. Would you agree with that? It's not so much what the current EPS revenues are, margins, et cetera. It's all about the guidance. It's all it about is. guidance. And forever, yeah. for the last two years, we were all, in my opinion, CEOs going out there in an under- under promise, then over deliver. Set the bar super low, bait it, just do it again. And I think that jig is kind of up, so to speak. I mean, now I think it's all about, I think they have to have good, strong guidance going forward. And analysts are now, you know, the markets are trading based on analyst expectation with the CEOs putting on guidance. So I think that's starting to improve. 
Um, we have, you know, on, on the rate front, like maybe we can stop all being macro, you know, global macro traders and, and fawning all over the yield curve, which was the key driver of growth value rotation over the last two years. Rates are finally going quiet. Thank goodness. Like mm -hmm. we can just get a 10 year at four and a quarter, four half, stay in a range. Like, okay, good. You know, I, I, I think that'd be an ideal scenario. And I think we can live with four, four and a half percent, 10 year yields. The real yield is what? One, one and a half percent. Um, <clears throat> you know, I saw that inflation revision just came out. We're still running three, three point three. Um, so I, I, I think we're in a, I think we're in a really good place right now. I like where the market's at. I think there's a lot of bearish sentiment out there still under participated. I don't know what yeah. the short figures are, but I feel like there's more money coming in and trust me, I am not a, a long only. I love trading like you 20, 25, 30 VIX markets, like those are super fun. Fun. Um, but I don't, I don't see it here. Where do you think we can go? We're 5,000 here on the S&P. Uh, again, it's hard. You're a trader. So, you know, given making price targets here, you're not an analyst here. I'm not going to throw you under the bus and say, give me your 12-month price no, target. Here. No. But where, where can we, like, is there any, you know, can you use your technical analysis skills here and give us any type of projections on where this S&P might be going? I I didn't even bring up my uh, my technicals just for this for a reason. It's and I can bring it up in a sec. It's yeah. so simple right now. It's scary. I'm an Elliott Wave guy for better for worse. Like I, I, you know, I'm thinking about just going in the closet, not talking about it, just do it, and not. I'm sick of defending it because there's so many people giving right. bad. Um, but if you look at Microsoft, you look at S and P, you look at the Nasdaq. You look at even bookings. I was just listening to you on bookings, BKNG. There's so many simple five wave moves up from either the late 22 or the early 23 low. I, I'm literally up at night thinking about what, how are we going to escape this? And it, it's such a simple, obvious five wave move, which was given to us by Charles Dow. You know, he's the grandfather of technical analysis. Markets move in three primary advances, you know, accumulation, widespread participation, then distribution. You know, this is going back to Charles Dow. So the, the model says we're in the distribution phase off of that 23 rally. I'm really curious to see how the market handles this. Guys, I've been saying this for, for like every morning video that I do for clients and investors. Like, I can't remember a time I've been so short-term bullish but me, near uh, beyond short term, medium to longer term concern for a 10 to 15 percent drop. And I'm not going to sit by and give these profits back like I'm going to go to work hedging, but I just don't want to take it off because if the most obvious pattern, which I just described, is wrong, this thing's going to freaking ramp. Well, and again, the sentiment out there, there's a lot of people who are buying like think about and, and Tim Seymour made this point on Fast Money just uh, um, uh, last week. And they were talking about NVIDIA and Dan's on there and Dan's always bearish by oh, NVIDIA. He yeah. hates it. He's a buddy. And they're both buddies of mine. And Dan, and they're, and they're good. And Tim Seymour comes on the show all the time. Great yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Tim was arguing with him. I was like, get him, Tim. Because with <laughs> a Tim, and he wasn't saying I'm not buying NVIDIA up here, but he's just saying that imagine you're a money manager and you're not long NVIDIA. You're worried about your job because you're not <laughs> long the greatest stock going forth. So he's what? like, every dip continues to get bought because <laughs> there's big money. That it, wants it, to be in this stock. It's so true. In the first five days, man, of this, uh, do you remember the first five days of this year? Of course you do. Like, yeah, they're a little bit rougher for tax. They're a little bit rough. And, and like Jeff Hirsch is a buddy of mine, stock trader almanac, and like the first Come five day show. omen. And, you know, he's great. 
love them. I get the almanac right here. But, you know, the first five days was rough, but I think it was just such a, you know, so many people got caught with their pants down in 23. They had to put the stocks on the book, didn't want them, didn't understand, didn't want to be it. And then they just dumped them the first five days. And so. then the real money came back, came back in. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. But can we talk about breath in, um, in, uh, I want to talk here. about rotation here too. Sure, Todd, sure, sure. Because, and it was asked in the chat, and uh, you know, the people waiting for this IWM. You and I have had uh, great discussions on this on the at the close show, and you're, yeah. and you kind of took the attitude of like, well, does it have to go? You know, do, do these companies what, what, that? What, why right? is it? Why? Why? I, listen, I've only been doing this for twenty years. Would somebody please tell me why a four decade high? environment in terms of interest rates requires fundamentally unsound leveraged companies who don't have access to funding. Why do they need to participate? 800 of the 2000s, Russell's uh, 2000s are not profitable companies and they have questionable balance. Tell me why this index needs to participate. I, I really would like to know. I mean, you look at children's place here today, case in point here. I mean, smaller company here, there obviously interest rates have probably been an issue Crush here for this them. company for a while. It's down fifty-five percent this morning. I mean, I how many said, other companies are you know the banks? IWM is very heavily the banks. They've had some problems with it too. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, I, I think you're right. I mean, why? W there's a reason why these companies, you know, and the right. IWM just hasn't participated, and right. that is rates. Right, right. But but there's two stories to the small cap. Take a look at yeah. the S and P six hundred small cap. They put a fundamental filter on there. Much different story. Look at the CALF, the CAF ETF, the top 100 free cash flow small cap companies at highs. So I, I don't, I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. Um, can I show you the one? Can, let me mute Slack. I'm sorry to, I'm psyched to talk to you guys. I, I, I yeah, no, it, we're psyched to have you. I wish it wasn't Friday. I hate Fridays. Uh, well, that's right. Usually, because he, he loves the markets so much, he doesn't want the markets to close well, for two days. Dude, I, I'm a basket casing here. I've never been. I, I, Joel, since I was like day trading at 25, I don't remember a time I've been so tuned into the market. Like it's such a critical inflection point. I don't know where we're going. I'm monitoring my own bullishness. Like I had my best year ever last year. Congratulations. Thanks, man. No, it's good. But I'm. Listen, I'm always looking over both shoulders and I'm like, I don't want to take chips off the table here because we yeah. could we could go. But let me just show you this if, if you don't mind. I yeah, love go ahead. Go ahead. We got, got plenty of time here. Okay, cool. I love the the rotation. Uh don't share this, uh, don't show those tips again. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> uh window entire. You don't need to be to have multiple monitors to be a trader. You need to have multiple monitors to be like a, a trading educator talking head you yeah that's true actually like to do the business we do you need a lot of hardware but to trade you don't yeah um we've so seen I, this before we've seen I, this before i love the rotation there's a lot going on here and i'll just i'll just kind of break this this yeah. is great julius de Kempenar came up with a, a great way to visualize rotation what i'm doing is yeah. taking the best in the, the best performing industries within technology um they are obviously going to be semis in green semi-material and equipment, tech hardware, which SMCI and Apple actually go in there, system software, application software, and tech distributors. So what I'm doing is I'm, I'm going to start the rotation. This is November of 23. Here's the turn of the year, which you'll see, obviously, no surprise, semis are going to rip up into the right. 
no surprise. Huge move in semis. Now, th this rotation is happening on a clockwise uh, basis, and, and the benchmark is the S&P 500. So as you're moving up top of the right, semis are up for me, no, no, no surprise. Semi materials and equipment are there. But the problem is the breadth, even within tech, is getting a lot less. We're losing system software, mm -hmm. application software. Forget about hard, you know, hardware. I mean, Apple is, you know where Apple is. I don't mind yeah, the technical pattern. But the software stocks, which were so strong back here at the end of 23, here was the rotation. I know it's hard to see. You got to kind of get used to it. But see the move in system software, application software like Cadence, Synopsis, Manhattan, uh, ServiceNow, like CRM, Adobe. Those things were ripping. But yeah. now they're taking a, a pretty good back seat. And I'm a little concerned because breath. You know, even though we're getting healthcare and uh, you know, it's different names moving up to new highs, breadth is deteriorating and it's increasingly the weight's going on the shoulder of semis. And that's another reason, thinking back to my simple five wave move off the 23 lows, like, like is healthcare going to lead it? I don't think so. Um, so that, that that's my question that I'm a little, I'm, I'm really contemplating. So what makes you, you know, and obviously you're holding, you said you don't want to sell, you're holding. What's the sell signal? What are we looking for that would say, hey, we just topped out. Let's get it to cash. What is that signal? The magic you know, signal. I mean, I'm watching bonds, 30 year bonds, which just bid on that number and they just gave it all back. Yeah. Right? You know, so, um, you know, what's the sell signal? I think I, I, there's still too much bearish, bearishness out there. I don't think these kind of bull markets, you know, die from boredom. I, you know, I, I think we need some, some exuberance, but it, it all depends on the time frame, right? I mean, you know, if you're talking at 10 to 50% pullback that I'm talking about, you know, uh, if if we don't get follow through, if the bearishness persists, um, we are coming into a seasonally weak period. You know, we might, you know, the lack of participation on the upside, we we might just have to take some profits here. I I, I don't know. I don't know the answer. Don't, to that question. Don't we need some consolidation first? You know, uh, you know well, yeah. Uh, I mean, at least see some consolidation right now. I mean. You know, you're doing your right. levels. Support keeps moving up. You're making higher lows. You're making higher lows. You're making higher highs. You're having higher closes. At least, I mean, until you try and call turn on this, at least you got to see some kind of uh, consolidation before so, that and not seeing that a, today. That's a good point, Joel. And, and here's a study I'm looking at, percent distance from the moving averages. So let me go to the weekly. I was asked about that yesterday. Yeah. Yep, okay. What were, what were you asked? I mean, like, do we have to go like NVIDIA is so far away from its moving averages? Don't we have to go back there? And my okay. response is we don't have to do anything. We don't you have to know? do anything. Yeah. So <laughs> let's let's look at that. So this is a you know, this is a kind of squished in weekly chart. I want to look at the weekly NASDAQ. So um the the 50 week is the dotted gray and the 200 is right there. Um so Distance from the 200 week currently is 31%. And, and I would say on first blush, if I just looked at this, the optics of price from the 200 week, I would say, yeah, it's pretty stretched. We probably need to come back. But then when you put it on this chart and you actually quantify it, we're only 31% above the 200 week. And there's his, there's plenty of precedence to be oh, 60, nice. 70%. Wow. You know, we, we seem to, you know, from 2012, 14, 15, 18, 19, when they first started to hike rates a touch, we were hanging at 40 to 50 percent above the 200 week. So I think longer term, Joel, it's a really good point you make. We're, we're way from overbought on the 200 week. 
the 50 week near term to your point on consolidation, I think, you know, I'm listening to myself, I'm monitoring myself. Like, I'm like, oh, huge move higher or lower. All right, calm down. Right. So maybe it is consolidation because if you look at the 50 week kind of hidden in gray, distance from price to the 50 week, you know, you look over the right scale about 28 percent, uh, 18, 20 percent. You know, so we're we're there. We're at 17, but we're not, you know, 2020, uh, 2020. Uh, we're not at 30, 25 percent. So maybe it is consolidation. If you think about it, if we go sideways for a while because big earnings are mostly out of the way and we don't have a Fed meeting until May and we won't even get any March. You know, I'm already thinking March is, is a no. Nothing's going to happen. Maybe price consolidates, giving the, the 50 week moving average time to catch up as price goes sideways sort of backing that off. And maybe that's the consolidation we need. Like I'm so long NVIDIA. I got stock up the wazoo. I got options. I got options expiring today. I've got call spreads that's up nice. top. Like That's a nice place to be, but it makes you nervous when this thing just it, goes parabolic and then you're like, oh, should I ring the register on some? Right. Should I just keep holding? What's the sell signal in NVIDIA? When do you get out of that? Well, I, I've got technical levels at 740 and I've, and I've been that way for a while. You know, I, I, I have a lot, a lot of my net worth in Nvidia, a lot really? more than it should be. But I'm, I'm, I'm in from a very good price, so it's a ton of cushion. Um, so, so you know, it's, it's, you know, we increased holdings in the, in the wealth management Nvidia. Um, so, you know, maybe the greatest pain trade, guys, is maybe just sideways. As I'm watching Nvidia screw around the 700 level, I mean, I'm, I'm having flashbacks in Nvidia from, from 500, right, right. I mean. How long yeah, I am too. It months. did not pause at 600. 500, look, 500 if you go to the monthly, torture. yeah, look how many times it like 500, 500, 500, oh. 500. And then it wasn't until the fifth attempt. Now, 600, if you took that uh, philosophy at 600, you got absolutely rolled over. It's 700, true. I mean, it's, it's hard to say that it's going to be the 500, at least at this point. The other thing I want to add is that with the, with the, um, data that we got today do we yeah. have to worry about the cpi and ppi next week right guys, we got that data coming out so there's guys, a lot of things here todd we're coming up against the clock todd gordon inside edge capital joining us you here want to hear on one, more point. one more so point. Much more to say to you guys two things i i know I, i'll get off i promise <laughs> what right. happens if 24 if the phrase goes from how much is the fed going to cut this year is well thankfully they're not going to raise maybe Right. And then the other thing I'll put in front of you, I want to put in front of consumer discretionary is lagging. I get it. But look at the numbers from Amazon, specifically Prime, adding subscribers, advertising numbers strong. Look at Spotify, adding huge numbers. People are advertising. And then uh, the other one I had to know, oh, my God, it was Amazon. It was Spotify and Netflix. The growth there on their ad tiers, ads are big right now and i think companies wouldn't be investing in advertising if the consumer was truly truly on uh unstable footing so maybe i don't think we're gonna get as many rate cuts as they think this year that's going to be the realization process markets gonna have to go through all right thanks do for we need to do it tom gordon inside edge capital joining us here on pre-market prep all right dennis uh there was actually a downgrade today here. Lululemon uh, out trading yeah. down uh, $3. Yeah. Uh, you could pull it up or I could pull it up. Who actually downgraded the stock? I don't have it up. <laughs> uh, it was, oh, BNB yeah, but... Paribas downgraded. 
Okay. That's to sell, though, it was underperformed. So the sell ratings always get good luck here. So Lululemon shrugging it off. It got down a lot farther there last night. They put a 415 yeah. price target on this. This hit 462 last night, if you show the chart, Joel. Um, it's off oh, those I gotta share. It's where, come where back do you up put BNN, Where do you put them in your ratings? Uh, we don't have time to go through this a right now. A long ways down. This is not yeah. Goldman. <laughs> this is not, you know, Wells Fargo. This is not even Stiefel. I've got them down their ways. But when somebody says sell, people take note. And it's not surprising the stock is down here a bit. I mean, what about the children's place thing, though? Does this put, not anything to do with Lulu, but does this put a little heat on the retailers here today? It doesn't appear to be so far. You know, Kohl's, Macy's, none of them really care. And they're all rip-roaring higher because we got that CPI revisions here. But, man, this children's place story, nobody's giving some love. 950 when Todd just came on. Now it's 865, just lost another buck here. It looks like this stock's trying to go under today. Uh, yeah. Um, all right. So we are at uh, 9 o'clock. Dennis, any final thoughts here? I will say that, uh, and I know you don't like when I say it, but the high of the day is in. 50-43, we backed off 15 handles. That that was a big move. I think, you know, you maybe look at, you know, your stocks, if they're trading above their all-time highs, just make sure they post an all-time closing high, too. But, uh, Dennis, uh, give me your final thoughts here on this well, uh, freaky well, I'm Friday. I'm not going to go on predictions with the market. I'm not going to go on predictions with the Super Bowl either here. Oh, that's um, right. Obviously, if the Lions were in, this would be a lot different show. We would have talked about it multiple times here. So I'm not saying I'm boycotting the Super Bowl, but I'm not very interested in here. It would have been awesome if the Lions would have got in there. But don't forget your diet, your, your Super Bowl stocks. DKNG has been running, I feel oh, like, here for, for two weeks straight ahead of it here. Obviously, you know, this is the big event, the biggest sporting event of the year. Um, your casinos, you wonder if some of them don't get a lift here into it. Um, you know, there's there's obviously those Super Bowl plays to think about, but just be careful because when they run up into the reports, you know, they often continue to run today and then maybe even after hours run a bit, but sometimes these can be sell-on news events. So just be careful. It's like buying DKNG at the close and saying, yeah, it's going to be out Monday. Sometimes they did the rug pull on the Monday. Okay. Uh, AT wanted me to mention that uh, Paul Meeks uh, is doing a tech tech tune-up at 2 p.m. today. If you guys want to check in another CFA members, you can catch that at uh, 2 p.m. Dennis, watch the bids there. We're starting to I'm fall leaking. out of bed. Uh, Monday. Guess who's coming on Monday? One of our favorite guests that Pablo um, has been requesting lately. One who's Don't been covering up. Everything. I, I'm the guest master. Guess who's coming on on Monday? Wall Street who's analyst. That? Been pretty good about this market for a long time. Major what firm. firm. What, what, what firm? Wedbush? Oh, not Wedbush. If I give you the firm, you'll get it right away. Oh. He was probably the most bullish during the pandemic. Oh, um, Craig Johnson? Craig Johnson. Craig Johnson, Piper Sandler, chief market technician over there. He'll be joining us on Monday. Yeah, Pablo, I know you're happy. Uh, I didn't get a chance uh, to mention, and we'll talk about this next week. I am heading up to Ann Arbor for the uh, stock pitch competition. And uh, interesting results last year. There's an article out on uh, Benzinga about the results from last year. Uh, but I did. I went up for the preview dinner, and I'm not going to give out any stocks. But uh, uh, one young lady, um, her recommendation is a short again. 
They they like shorting. Yeah. Shorting yep. is tough to go long term. Shorting is good, but you know, obviously I do hedging trades and different things. But I'm not, you know, like this, you know, like it's tough to make calls and say, you know, 12 months from now the stock is going to be lower because you're fighting the overall market trend. Market averages up 8% every year. Yep. So, I mean, you're always fighting market trends when you make. That's why it's so impressive when people make good calls on the short side. Okay. All right. Dennis Dick, Joel Elkan, and tuning out here on this Friday. I hope everyone weekend, has a great Super weekend. Super Bowl indicator. Uh, you don't want to see that. Who are you going with? I think it. And, and I'm, I'm just going on pure. I think it's going to be a blowout. Yeah. Yeah. You think it's going to be a blowout for? I think KC is going to blow them out. I think so too. And that, and that's con- con- contrary to what the the uh, what the spreads the are Lions saying. The were so strong against San Fran. Like in the first half, just think about how they were just marching and marching and marching and they didn't have an answer. And obviously the Lions, San, I'm going to say it again. San Fran did not beat Detroit. Detroit beat themselves. Yep. Some bad calls, dropped balls, bad luck, you know, the ball bouncing off the face and into the you know, hands. <laughs> there was just some a lot of lion luck that happened there. And Lions you know, it's just bad. It's just horrible. Bad. People in Detroit. Not kicking the field goals. I don't think anybody in Detroit is going to be watching the Super Bowl besides me. I mean, everyone. Yeah, I may does... not. I may not really? watch it. Yeah, I'll watch will. it. I'll yeah, watch it. But I think you're right. I think San Fran's going to get their ass kicked. Okay. All right. Well, we'll see if uh, we're better uh, stock market procrastinators or football. But once again, Joel and I, Joel and I, Dennis and I signing out here on this Friday, folks. Thanks for joining us. We'll be right back.